is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. Here we go. Email us at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. Here we go. We're here to help you win the ultimate bragging rights, a fantasy title. Let's go. Getting ready for the weekend. Four big games will help you set a DFS lineup. We'll also look back at 2017 and tell you which players were on the highest percentage of championship teams. Welcome to the show. Is anybody excited about uh, any of the other three games more so than Minnesota, New Orleans, or is that like number one for everybody? Oh, I think Pittsburgh and Jacksonville could be interesting. Uh, don't, don't, yeah, just do, are you more excited for Pittsburgh, Jacksonville, or Minnesota, New Orleans? I am the most excited for Tennessee, New England. Why? I think that is going to be the most exciting game. <laughs> Why? Minnesota, New I think New that's Orleans. going to be the least exciting game. I don't think that New England comes anywhere close to covering that spread. And, I know. Oh. And I yeah. think that maybe we get a Corey Davis breakout game. That can happen. I'm excited. I think they cover it easy. E, that's what is it? Like 13 and a half? 13 and a half. Yeah. It's a big number for a playoff game, but I don't really look at Tennessee as a great playoff team. No, uh, so to answer the question, is anybody other than Heath like legitimately more excited for a game? Because I can't wait for Minnesota New Orleans. Like I'm freaking pumped. New Orleans is gonna roll them. I think that's probably the. You think New Orleans wins? I think New Orleans wins. Mm-hmm. I, I've got Minnesota. I'm I'm very torn. I, I. Oh, you like New Orleans? No, I do like New Orleans, but I I mean, look, Minnesota's defense is amazing. Yeah, it really. They've is. allowed they've allowed eight touchdowns at home all season. That's it. Wow. Yep. Pretty good. Their and defense might score a touchdown. Huh? Their defense might score a touchdown. Lattimore. Might. I thought you were talking about Minnesota's defense no. scoring a touchdown. I gotta tell you, man, it's a tough DFS week in my opinion. It's really tough. Like, great offenses playing great defenses. Just, uh, only a few players that seem like slam dunks this week, and not all of them are actually gonna be slam dunks. But, uh, we'll do some DFS lineups. I'll tell you this, we have the, um, the Sportsline DFS podcast that just launched this week. It's pretty fun. And on today's show, on the Thursday show, Heath, Mike McClure, and I all talked about DFS, about football. We usually do basketball, but today we talk football as well. And they think that Marcus Mariota is going to be good. You heard Heath talk about Corey Davis. And I said, what am I missing? The Patriots have been very good against quarterbacks, and Marcus Mariota has been bad this year. What am I missing? I feel like Dave and Jamie are going to are going to – Feel how I feel. Maybe it's like a totally different, like, Mike is a total data guy, not a total data guy, but a major data guy. He's a data engineer for sportsline.com. Heath, I think, has similar, you know, background and, and, uh, likes that stuff. But I, I, you know, like, what am I, how can you make the case for Marcus Mariota and the Titans to make this game close in Foxborough? They're a little bit hot right now. They are? And yeah, you uh, say that the New England Patriots, have been very good as quarterbacks. They have. The Chiefs have been incredible against quarterbacks at Arrowhead. He threw a touchdown pass to himself. He threw it to himself. I mean, exactly. If you take that out, he has 15 fantasy points. That's not good. <laughs> I mean, that could have been intercepted. He, he anyway. What's that? That could have been intercepted. It should have been intercepted. Yeah. It could have been intercepted. Darrell Revis catches down. that ball, and he's a hero as opposed to a goat. Travis Kelsey doesn't get hurt. We're not even talking about the Titans because Mariota would have had a terrible game. They would have gotten wiped. I don't think Travis Kelsey would have made Marcus Mariota worse. Yeah, he would have. They would have kept the offense off the field. Like, none of this ever would have happened. Never. This is all, all because I mean, of Travis Kelsey. I you're really Kelsey. insulting yes. Demetrius Harris right now. That's, uh, I do apologize for that. All right, more on that later. Uh, here's your stat of the day if you're setting your DFS lineups. This is fun. The Eagles have not allowed a rushing touchdown to a running back at home all year. 
They allow the fewest fantasy points to running backs. Hashtag. How many have they allowed over the season? Do you know? Six. They were bad at the end of the year. Yeah, they kind of got trampled well, at the end. Um, they allowed three in their six. last four games. They allowed two to Gurley and two one to, Gurley. to uh, Darkwa. Yep. Yeah, I mean, Marshawn Lynch had 95 rushing yards against them in Philly. Yeah, I'm just yeah. saying they haven't given up a touchdown. No, no, I mean, I'm just you know, it's not like they they were great early in the season. I think they'll be decent in the first half. I'm just afraid they get worn down late if Foles doesn't play well. Okay, time for a segment called Adam Says Something He's Not Sure He Believes. You guys can help me figure out if I believe it. Isaiah Crowell finally breaks out as he leaves Cleveland in 2018. I mean, it could happen. It just depends where he goes. Where is he going where he's going to get an opportunity to break out? I think that's the bigger problem. There's not that many jobs out there. Right, but there's always scenarios, I think, that we – don't really give enough credit to. Like, we just said the same thing about Latavius Murray, right? Right. So he doesn't necessarily have to go somewhere to be the starter. He could end up being an injury replacement for somebody, or he could just be in a tandem where, like, what if he goes to Cincinnati and Joe Mixon stinks? I think he goes, here's, ready for this? Adam says something he's not sure he believes again. Isaiah Crowell goes to Washington. Could happen. Could go to the Giants. If he goes to Washington, he's splitting with Chris Thompson. He's the running downs guy. Chris Thompson gets seven, which eight carries be, a game. Which would be fine. It, but it's it's what he did last year and the year before that. I don't see that them when they have Chris offensive. Thompson and they've got Samaj P. Ryan still on the rookie deal. I don't see them adding Isaiah Crowell. It on really depends. They, they, actually, costs. there's a story in one of the there's a story in one of the Washington sites. I don't remember which one I saw it. So it could be ESPN Washington or, or one of the papers. But uh, that they said addressing running back is the biggest yeah. non Kirk Cousins need on offense. Yeah, I don't, I don't That's buy dumb. P. Ryan. I, P. Ryan's nothing. He's nothing. He's whatever. He's slow. Uh, but do you guys think Crowell gets into a better situation and could have a huge game? Can he handle a big workload? He hasn't had more than 206 carries in a, in a year, in a season, and he's never missed a game. So he just, you know, I think because they fall behind so much, he just doesn't get that workload, but can he handle it? Can he do yeah, it? Yeah, I mean, like, if he goes to the Colts, great situation. Yeah. If luck is healthy. Totes. If he goes to the Giants and they're back to form offensively, great situation. You know, so there, there are, there are places where he could end up being the Washington scenario where he's with a passing downs guy or where he's just, you know, getting the, the first and second down carries. I mean, he, he certainly has the potential to still be good. He's young enough. Is the breakout call that you're not sure about believing based on him leaving Cleveland? It's that I don't know that he's as good as people made him out to be. Well, my, my issue is, and you talked about this on the baseball podcast earlier today when you had some breakout candidates that were kind of suspect. Uh-huh. Um, but in 2016, Isaiah Crowell had 1,270 yards and seven touchdowns. Yeah, he was the number 15 running back in standard 14th in PPR. So is, so is he I, breaking out beyond that? Yeah, I, I, he certainly could. He didn't even have a 1,000 rushing yards. He only had 198 carries. I think it would really be... Like he finally gets 240, 250 carries. He's right, a feature back. I don't what let if, him go what, into that situation. What if he replaces Carlos Hyde in San Francisco if they let him walk? I'd be shocked. Why? Because that's not the type of running back that Kyle Shanahan has made his mint on. All right. Well, food for thought. Let's see where he goes. He'll be interesting. Is I, you know, I, I think yeah, there's probably still this, a- this is like peas. If if we're <laughs> talking, if we're comparing it to a literal food for thought, it's peas. Peas. I I love peas. Are one of my favorite vegetables. They're they're good. There's something else you're they're wrong fine, about. but they don't they don't break out. They're not in the top twelve of of vegetables. Well, you're gonna come home and say I fixed this new peas dish, and wow, you're never gonna look at peas the same you're way. Gonna name, you can name you name eleven other vegetables. Peas. 
Uh, Better yeah. than peas? Go for yeah. it. Name 11 vegetables. I don't know if I can name, name 11 vegetables <laughs> at all. <laughs> That's hard. <laughs> well, here's the thing. You, when you talk vegetables, if you simply talk about green vegetables, peas might be number one. Fresh green oh beans. Oh my! Are no, no, broccoli is much better. Bro- I like broccoli probably better, but I gentlemen, think- it's called spinach, and it's no, no. broccoli is much better. Than it's spinach. good for you, and it when you saute it, it's really, really great. Carrots are better than peas. Yep, are carrots, are better. Corn, carrots are green. Zucchini, corn, zucchini, yeah, squash. No, carrots and corn are not green. Like corn but is vegetables. But they're vegetables though. Yeah, but corn is I, like, I still don't think Dave can name eleven vegetables. He he, he can. He, I think succotash. He can. I think squash <laughs> may actually be a fruit. No. Not, no. <laughs> really? What, no. Is that seeds? I also like cucumbers quite a bit. Okay. So we gotta talk about win percentage. Frozen yogurt. Frozen yogurt is uh is a vegetable. Win percentage. So um we Squash have Squash is a fruit. Isaiah Crowell's remaining career. I, Hell of an open to the show, by the way. Let's let's <laughs> let's dive more into backs on Cleveland that don't matter. Aren't you All right, to... next topic: Adrian Peterson. What do you see? <laughs> what do you believe or not believe with him? Okay. Must, it, it, I feel like we're in the lockout. Remember the lockout when there was like nothing to talk about, and then Kerry Collins retired. We we're like, oh, we've finally got something to talk about. This is what it feels like. Okay. We're in, we're in the divisional round of the NFL playoffs, and Adam's talking about Isaiah Crowell's future. <laughs> Well, we can't. We're not, a, we're not an NFL <laughs> podcast. <laughs> you listen to the Pick Six podcast if you want some game previews. Plus, we have a whole second half of the show for that. Plus, your emails at fantasyfootball@cbsi.com. But Jamie, you've got the uh, you got the win percentage data, mm-hmm. and I am just every time I I need to write it down. What is the best way to say what this data shows us? So the data shows us that players that were on the most winning rosters on CBS Sports at the end of the season, so through week sixteen. Okay. Now, I have a question about that. Mm-hmm. When you say winning rosters, not league winning, but like the team's winning percentage. Did not have to win championships, yes. It's just how so, many games you won. So like, for example, uh, I'm trying to think. Um, you just had to be above 500. You have to, well, no, I mean, it could be, yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, you, you could have leagues where they were under 500, right? Like you were close to 500 on the auction league, right? Yes. Something. But you're win, you're end up winning by the end of the year. Okay. Wait a second. So it's the teams that won the championship or the teams that had no, a winning record? No, 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 no. Just teams that had the, the highest win percentages in their leagues, and these are the players that were on the rosters. Ah. Okay, I got you. And Todd Gurley was number one. Uh, by Todd Gurley was number one by a wide margin. Yeah. Followed by DeAndre Hopkins, Kareem Hunt, Le'Veon Bell. Oh, you took out somebody. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Who did I take out? You took out the great Nick Foles. I don't see him there. He's number two. He's right, right, look up below Todd Gurley. He, in the email, he's absolutely not. In the email. Are you I'm looking at. at the championship email or are you looking at, cause there's two different things I sent you. We also yes. have the Super Bowl winning data. Yeah. Yes, the Super yep. Bowl winning data. Okay, that's yes. what I was talking about. So there, there, we also have, which is the first time that I've seen this data. Peas are the best vegetable, guys. <laughs> no question. Alright, now I'm sorry. Go ahead, Jamie. We also have, um, the championship <laughs> roster. So we took a sample size of a little bit more than 15,000 leagues and the players that were on the most championships. Oh, okay, that's of what those I fifteen thousand. So we can get into that afterwards if you want. All right. So then let me get the let me get the other e- uh, email up. So so what is win percentage really, Jamie? No, um, <laughs> Jamie, why don't you take <laughs> well, this? If you segment. win, you have peas, and if you lose, you have squash. Why don't you take this segment? What are the noteworthy um, noteworthy things that you noticed here? Well, yes, please cover for our host. <laughs> well, I don't have the I don't have the data that you're referring to, so. 
you do. You sent it to me. I'm looking at I didn't, the email I didn't, from I, you. I do not think I sent him the overall top 50. That's – okay, there you go. I don't have I that. sent him, I think, by position. You did. Yes. Yeah. Um, the overall top 50, uh, I think the biggest thing that I found was the players that were drafted early compared to the ones who were drafted late in free agents. So of the top 50 – now this is removing uh, Heath's favorite position kickers as well as DSTs. So there were – 18 players drafted in the first four rounds, five drafted in the first round that made the list. And of those 18, uh, as you said, Gurley was the best, and he was drafted right toward the end of round two. I think he was 21st overall based on our average draft position. So the the more interesting part of it is the guys who were drafted later or free agents. So there were 19 players of the top 50 that were drafted after pick number 120 overall or picked up off free agency, and those guys were, as you could imagine, Alvin Kamara, uh, Juju Smith-Schuster, Alex Collins, Adam Thielen, you know, players that were late-round picks that ended up being big difference makers for your fantasy roster. Right. The uh, guys that were the biggest busts, which were players like DeMarco Murray, um, Jay Jordy Jai. Nelson, the ones, you, the ones you could probably imagine. Right. Uh, I'm just trying to pull it up so I have it in front of me. Devontae Freeman had a, a win percentage sub 500. Same with Jordan Howard. Uh, Derek Carr, James Winston, Marcus Mariota. I'm just looking at it based on their average draft position. Uh, Jordy Nelson, Des Bryant, Amari Cooper. The good news is, is that two of the biggest busts last year, based on their win percentage and their production, were Todd Gurley and DeAndre Hopkins. And mm. so it's not an indication of that they, they're completely done or they're bust forever, but they could certainly bounce back next season. Isaiah Crowell was also on that list. <laughs> If you wanted a segue. <laughs> All right, so I think it's just to repeat what Jamie said. Of the top 50 in win percentage, 18 were drafted in the first four rounds. 19 were either free agents or drafted after pick 120. That's pretty That's pretty interesting. That definitely tells you that your season is not over when, when you draft. You know, you've got I believe be the active. only guy in the first round that was top 10 was Le'Veon. No, I'm sorry, Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown. The only two guys drafted in the first round that were top 10 overall in win percentage. How many of the undrafted players or late round pick players mm-hmm. were at each position? How many were running backs? How many? I didn't were break wide that receivers? down, but just looking at it uh, quickly, um, looks like the majority were probably receiver. And here are the top. Oh, no, it's probably probably split because you know, like looking just eyeballing it quickly. You had Alex Collins, you had Deion Lewis, you had uh, Alvin Kamara, and then you had Marquise Goodwin, Josh Gordon. Um, Nick Foles, Case Keenum, Marvin Jones, Robbie Anderson, and then the quarterbacks that you mentioned. Well, so well, obviously the running backs far more impactful right. down the stretch than 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 the other positions. Well, no, Marquise Goodwin was great. I'm always I'm always interested in trying to figure out who those the players that I always like finding the breakout player before they break out. I think that's something that we all try and sure. do. And so, just trying to find those types of players, and I wonder if the, there's traits between those running backs that you mentioned. Team Teams that are playoff bound, their lead running backs. I mean, I, I think that's the part of the secret sauce here that you need to find those sleeper players. Also, I'm looking at the Super Bowl data, the team, the players that were on the most Super Bowl winning teams with Gurley far and away number one, then Hopkins, then Kareem Hunt, Le'Veon Bell. One thing I noticed is that the top three tight ends, Gronkowski, five, uh, Ke- fifth er- overall. 
yeah, fifth overall. Ertz was, I think, 11th. And then Kelsey is like 20th. So they're all pretty high up there. Uh, and it just was not a great year for quarterbacks. So you see. Yeah, uh, you take out Nick Foles, the, uh, the most successful quarterback by far was Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson, yeah. And he could, he wasn't one of the, what was his ADP? Do you remember? Russell Wilson was, I can tell you one second. The fourth or fifth quarterback off the board? Uh, his ADP was 56th overall. Yeah, so that's pretty good for him to be basically the most successful non-Nick Foles quarterback, you know. Good for Russell Wilson, and he was the number one quarterback in fantasy this year. All right, if you want to read more about it, Jamie, what's going on? Uh, are you going to write a story about it? Yeah, it'll either be up Friday or early next week. Cool, gotcha. Yeah, we're recording on Thursday uh, late afternoon. Many of you will probably hear this on Friday. So, you know, last episode we had Nick Costos on. It was a lot of fun. We asked him who is next. Yo, yo, I, I'm, <laughs> I, I decided to come back and talk more about my undefeated season because I am the greatest. <laughs> Well, thank you, Nick. Appreciate you taking the time. Also, they had oh, Brett Favre. Why are you whispering, Nick? Yo. They had Brett Favre on the Pick 6 podcast, so check that out. Uh, and um, I asked I asked you guys who is next year's Todd Gurley, who is next year's Robert Woods, who is next year's Adam Thielen, and who is next year's DeAndre Hopkins. Two that we didn't get to. Who is next season's Demarius Thomas? Who is next season's Zach Ertz? So for Demarius Thomas... Kind of the same concept as Hopkins, but he never actually bounced back. So somebody that we're going to look at the the third round or so and say, oh, you know what? He used to be a first-round caliber player. He's going to bounce back, and then he failed us. Do you see someone with that potential in 2018? Jordy Nelson. Oh. Yeah, except I don't know that anybody's going to think he's going to bounce back. I think there will people who see him with Aaron Rodgers and think he'll bounce back. Des Bryant. Des is a great one. It seems unlikely that he'll break out of this touchdown or bust shell that he's found himself in. Okay, and I think uh, – I, th- I know we keep saying it's kind of the opposite, but I kind of feel like Amari Cooper. It's a little bit different because he was never as high-end as Demarius Thomas. No, but I, I, I'm i kind of gaining some optimism for Cooper with John Gruden there. I know. I went back and looked through, I went back and looked through how Gruden's done. And his track record suggests that he's got one big-time receiver every year. All right. I and they're letting Crabtree walk, right? I don't know if that's necessarily going to happen. Oh, yeah, it's going to happen. I don't think they're going to re-sign him to a lucrative contract. But if well, if, even if he's back, if there's one receiver he's who's not afraid, gonna, they have to cut him, and they're going to cut him. Right. If there's one receiver who uh, can can be the number one guy for Gruden and – try and fit in that track record. And we're not talking about like 1,500 yards, 1,006, which is kind of what he's been around. Then Cooper's that. Okay. Running backs are really what thrive under Gruden. Yeah. I, Gruden hasn't coached for 10 years, and uh, I I am thinking he's, he might be kind of a myth. And you can't really be very encouraged by his hiring of Greg Olson as offensive coordinator. Well, but that's just that's just a guy to help put the game plan together. I, I just like he's not going to call. Plays. Maybe Gruden will be great. I don't know. I think that giving a guy who's been out for a decade and wasn't really that good his last half of his coaching career a hundred million dollar contract. Are you crazy? That well, was... forget about the hundred million because that's something that you don't have any say in. Yes, I do. But <laughs> I'm sorry but, that the Giants didn't sign him at all. I had no interest. Oh, you you you're happy about that? The Giants didn't sign no him. No interest. Yeah. But I I think he's creative and clever, and I think he gets a lot out of his players. Hope so. Next year's Zach Ertz, someone who showed glimpses 
finally breaks out. Next year's Zach Zach Ertz. I'm I'm falling for George Kittle. Ooh. Working under the assumption that he takes a, a leap in year two after a halfway decent rookie year, which tight ends aren't supposed to even have. And he ends up being that short area big guy that Jimmy G leans on. Anyone else? I think Hunter Henry has to be mentioned. Yeah, Hunter here, Henry's right? the easy one. I mean, get right. Antonio Gates out of there and Hunter Henry will be a monster. Um, I'll go, if we have to go tight end, I'll say Eric Ebron. Oh yeah? That's a surprise coming from you. Yeah, I know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> are you, are you more optimistic about Ebron's breakout chances or Hunter Henry's? Um, is Antonio Gates going to disappear? Does it really matter? Like Gates was- Oh, yes, absolutely it matters. I, are you sure? Gates really yeah. didn't do much this year. I think we would, did we have the, can we rewind? Did we have this conversation last year? D- Gates did nothing this year. He did nothing. He just got in the way. He ran routes that Henry if, if didn't you, get to if run. You, run. If you give Henry probably, uh, back, maybe the Chargers back, the, the games where they didn't involve Henry, and he gets, you know, seven or eight targets in those games, which he probably should have, I bet he finishes close to a top five tight end this year. Mm-hmm. All right. So, so what's your answer, Heath? Uh, Ebron. Unless Gates is gone, then you'd go Henry. Sure. Okay. Cool. Got some news and notes for you. Carolina hiring Norv Turner as offensive coordinator and his son Scott Turner to be their new quarterbacks coach. Unbelievable! They fired Ken Dorsey. National champion quarterbacks coach for the Panthers no longer. But um I, I gotta tell Turner's you there. 2008 is shaping up to be really fun. John Gruen's back, <laughs> North Turner's back. Yeah. This is gonna be a great season. Uh, what what is this? Yeah, okay, well there's a whole bunch of hires. Okay. Jeff Scott, Fisher will be back soon. No. The Bears oh, hired um Mark Mark Helfrich to Would be you there. stop rooting for the Giants if they hired Jeff Fisher? No. No, no. He'd be, be an upgrade. Yeah, to that, think about that, it. That, that, watching his face and that thought slowly crept from one ear to the other as he as he yeah. digested it. it was very fun. No, no, no. No, I I almost broke up with the Knicks a few weeks ago. I and I just you can't do it. You can't stop rooting for a team. So now I root for the Knicks and they they suck all the time. So anyway, um, Mark Helfrich is the Bears offensive coordinator. Seattle fired Daryl Bevel and offensive line coach Tom Cable, who will. Possibly be a candidate for Dallas, where they fired their offensive line coach, Frank Pollock. But with those four news items, two offensive coordinators hired, one fired, any big impacts that you guys could see? I am really curious to see how North Turner does with Cam Newton, because he has always preached a downfield offense, lots of usage of running backs out of the backfield. And uh, I, I don't know how much he's going to incorporate Cam's running into his scheme. He's going to do it. There's no question. Carolina tried to let Cam not run. They tried to hold him back. It didn't work. It's just going to be something that he does. But Newton isn't known for his downfield accuracy. So I'm really He hasn't exactly had a lot of great downfield receivers in his time in Carolina. Well, and and the one time that he did put it together was Ted Ginn. Ted Ginn. Ginn. And Ted Ginn. It made his MVP year. They need a receiver. I don't think Devin Funches is that guy. I don't think Curtis Samuel's that guy. I need a receiver. They're going to draft somebody. They have to. I'd rather them just add a free agent that's already good. Yeah, but who? Who's a downfield speed? Sammy Watkins? For sure. Can I ask you a question? Sammy Watkins would have to be that guy for them. I have a question. I don't think he's good enough. Uh, here, here's what I want to know. You've got Greg Olson, Christian McCaffrey, and Devin Funches. Is that really that bad? 
Like, are we really making the wide receivers the reason why? No, Cam and, and I think struggle? that's that's kind of encouraging from Cam Newton's perspective. Is he was the top five fantasy quarterback this year with Funches not really getting a big opportunity until Kevin was traded, not having Greg Olson for the majority of the season, and not figuring out how to use Christian McCaffrey the right way, even though he did have 80 catches. But right, I think he's got the potential for maybe for more. I don't think the talent's terrible. They they don't like Greg Devin Funches is just a poor man's Greg Olson. He's not. A wide receiver. No, I don't. I don't think he's. I don't think he's quite the tight end that Kelvin Benjamin is. He's, I do. But you do okay. I, I think Kelvin Benjamin is much bigger and slower than Funchess, or at least he plays. He plays that way. Uh, boy, is he slow? By the way, he's not that much bigger. No, he's but he's slower. Slug. He is. He is a slug. Um, the other thing is, it was acknowledged that Cam Newton just wasn't healthy all year. Like his shoulder was not a hundred percent. He had off-season shoulder surgery, and. It kind of makes me sick to say this out loud. He was the number two quarterback in fantasy this year. Does that just blow your mind or what? Ooh, a, lot of, a lot of highs Cam and a lot Newton. of lows. He was number two? Yeah, because yep. Alex Smith sat in week 17. Carson Wentz got hurt. Brady uh, tailed off. He was the number two quarterback in six point and four point for passing touchdown leagues. I don't have that. Who, who do you have as two? As the number two quarterback? Tom Brady. Not either. He's 17. I've got Cam at five, which is what James yeah, Cam, said. Cam wasn't even Brady wasn't even close to Cam. Uh, yeah, I got Cam seventeen points better than Tom Brady in decimal scoring. Huh. Well, all right, and I'm in standard. Yeah, but that's still that's a big gap. Seventeen Come. points. Mm-hmm. And six point per passing touch. Jamie, I'm assuming you're looking at the same thing. Yep. Maybe. Uh, maybe. I I while you guys researched that, I did some research of my own, Adam. Uh, Kelvin Benjamin ran a 4.640. Devin Funches ran a 4.7. <laughs> uh, by the way, you are right, Dave. Oh, you're, all right, we gotta figure out the correct stats here. Cause I yeah, got- Devin Cam- Funches is slower than Kelvin Benjamin. No, he's not. He's absolutely not. <laughs> I, mean, I, I don't care what he ran he at the right. combine. He is not slower than Kelvin Benjamin. Not now. Kelvin Benjamin is, runs backwards. Cam Newton is number five where I'm looking here and number two at another, so we gotta figure out the right stats. And that's something we'll update you on next week. Well, here's week. something that I, I can tell you for by sure. Our site, cause we're, we're um, look, they're both on our site, Jamie. So. I got these numbers from our site too. <laughs> okay. And then we're, I've we're got, I have Cam, tell me if you have this. I have Cam with six games with 20 plus fantasy points. Uh, give me one moment, please. Now I also have him with four with over 30. Uh, one, so two, three. It's those big yes. 30 point games that outweigh a lot of 12, 15, and 16-point games. That is true. He Okay, so he had four games with 32 or more, two games with between 22 and 24. Yeah, one six game over with, 20. One game with 19. And how about this? Nine games for Cam Newton with 16 or fewer fantasy points in six-point-per-passing touchdown leagues. 16 or fewer fantasy points is really bad. That is a terrible game for a quarterback. He did that more than half of his games, nine times. So, yeah, it was a frustrating season. Uh, but, but either top five or top two, depending on, uh, which, which stats page is correct. Top, let's just say top five. Uh, alright, cool. Chris Hogan expected to play. Rex Burkhead, James White expected to play. We will preview that. Antonio Brown practiced in full. Pittsburgh cornerback Artie Burns has a knee injury. Jacksonville's linebackers, Telvin Smith, great player. Paul Pusleslie and Blair Brown, they're all banged up. Uh, I think they'll play, but they're banged up. DeMarco Murray's out this week. Tennessee guard Quinton Spain is questionable. Kyle Rudolph is getting healthier. And we have three London games next year. Seattle, Oakland, Philadelphia, Jacksonville, and Tennessee and the Chargers. So at least on paper, it looks like they're going to give us good matchups. 
but you know, it won't end up that way. The Oakland one is so dumb because why would you send two teams from the West Coast to Oakland to London to London? Yeah, I, I hope I. Yeah, I, I would it, imagine it's such a disservice to Oakland too because they're losing their team. <laughs> I would imagine that Seattle uh, is going to play on the East Coast the week before. Yeah, a lot of people fly. speculating that they're going to play Carolina. Right. So yeah, they got to downgrade Carolina, right, Carson so. Wentz just a little bit. He's got to go into Jacksonville's building and uh, <laughs> quarterback struggle. There. Eli Manning gets another shot at the Eagles. Eli, oh no, no, no. Very funny, Dave. No, Eli, I'll be back. <clears throat> I can't wait for you and guys. No, to, Kirk Cousins gets another shot at the Eagles. For, for you be. guys to give your, uh. Your, or it could be Blake Bortles. Or Alex Smith's shot. Or Alex Smith. Where's Alex, where's, uh, Evan Ingram in your tight end rankings? Top 10. That's it? Yeah. For now. Could end up being around sixth. Okay. Yep. Probably you know, that you know we're gonna have to say, if he ends up being like top five, or even six, you, we're gonna have to say, then how did, how is Eli Manning not top, you know, 15? Right, or because Odell will be up there. I struggle with Ingram because it's, it's all there. And he looks like he could be like a top three tight end, but he had a lot of, not just bad from fantasy perspective, but just he played bad games this mm-hmm. year. I think he led the NFL in drops. Is that true? Can you look that up? Might be. Yeah, it's very possible. Second, he was either second or fifth. So, <laughs> all right. So where was where was where did Diggs and and Thielen finish? What, at wide receiver. Yeah. Well, I'm hesitant to look it up at this point. <laughs> Roughly. Uh, give me a second. Thielen, Should I look it up too? Yeah. Thielen was it. like 15, and Diggs was like 19. I've so, got Diggs at 16 and <laughs> Thielen at 10. I've got Thielen at. 14, Diggs at 17. That's, I have feel, I have the same thing. Dig, no, I have Diggs at 18. Right, never mind. The point I was going to make doesn't really make sense. Never mind. No, I think the best comp would be like two years ago, or maybe two years ago, Jimmy Graham, or 2016. Jimmy Graham and Doug Baldwin. Where did Jimmy Graham finish in 2016? I think they were both pretty high. Jimmy Graham was number two tight end. Like yeah, him. and right. And Russell Wilson was like the 13th best quarterback. And Doug Baldwin was a top 10 receiver. Yeah, no, I was looking at Case Keenum, but Keenum didn't start every game, so. Right, right. It's hard to say. I, but, you know, the, the other thing about it is simply, like you said, Russell Wilson was 13th. There were 12 other guys that did better than Wilson. So it's not just saying, oh, well, because he's got a stud receiver and a stud tight end or two stud receivers or whatever, that he's automatically going to finish in the top 12. There's a lot of other quarterbacks that have a lot of great talent around them to throw to as well. Sure. But in the same way that, like, Josh McCown has been fantasy relevant, I do feel like if Eli Manning has Beckham, Shepard, and Ingram next year, he'll probably end up being, you know, top 15 or so. Something like that. Streamable. Didn't we see that at the start of this year? Uh, yeah, he could have been though. I, he, he played fine when Beckham was healthy, as I recall. There just weren't that many games where Beckham was healthy. Not counting the Lions game where, he, where Beckham played like 50% of the snaps. So, I don't care about Eli Manning. Let's talk about this week's games. Yeah. So the takeaway from this podcast is Eli Manning and Isaiah Crowell. What else do we got? No, come on. And peas. And Cam Newton and statistics and peas. Yeah. Peas are great. Squashes a fruit. And Adam doesn't know to understand win percentage even though we've been talking about it for 10 years. (laughs) So actually, Eli Manning scored 28 points at the Eagles and 31 (laughs) points at the Bucks in the only truly healthy games for Odell Beckham. How about that? Two huge yeah. games. Are you doing this, like, ironically? No, I'm not. Okay. 
So yeah, I think <laughs> Jeff Fisher's gonna get the most out of Eli Manning. I'm telling you. Also, today this week was my best kitchen week. I crushed Blue Apron this week. This is on the subject of peas, just crushed it. You guys would have loved it. it great. You stuff. had peas for a meal? No, actually there were no peas. But on the foods, I just wanted to brag. How many times have you left your house this week? Oh, I took the day off yesterday and went shopping. Well, you on took, his computer. You, <laughs> no. <laughs> I went to the mall. You took the day off to go shop. <laughs> I, you know what? I needed to buy some stuff. I, I, it, I've been you busy. You work from home. <laughs> I don't have a car. I had to borrow a car, and then I went and I, I went shopping, and it was terrific. I had a nice day at the mall. And you're still wearing the same hoodie from 1987. <laughs> no, I bought this hoodie in 2002. Thank you very much. <laughs> Tennessee is at New England. I don't think we've made fun of you enough for wearing a shirt that I wore in middle school every every week for when the Hurricanes play. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It fits me perfectly. <laughs> Jamie gave me a hand-me-down a couple of years ago. <laughs> my, my little brother. <laughs> so what do you think about the Patriots running backs? Like, Deion Lewis is pricey. Well, we're on something relevant. for. <laughs> hey, this is, uh, look, that's not entirely my fault. Okay, I'm about the only one who derailed the show. Deion Lewis well, is pretty Deion pricey. Lewis is evidence of a running back that struggled a little bit in Cleveland and then went to a new team and really broke out, kind of like Isaiah Crowell might. Or might not. He's been playing well. I would imagine he's going to continue to see a decent bulk of the carries, although Gillisley's practicing. Oh, he James might be White's active. back. He might be. But they're all healthy. He's not going to be active. Yeah. That was the whole thing the whole second half of the season. I don't think Burkhead's going to be healthy. Are they all healthy? You don't think Burkhead's going to play? Burkhead's been practicing, though. Yeah, I'm not sure Burkhead's going to play. They're, they're basically tied together. So if, if Burkhead is healthy, I don't think we'll see Gillsley. Agreed. Well, if Burkhead's healthy, it it's, could have a big impact on Deion Lewis. I mean, he's playing so well. I think even though Burkhead plays, though, he's not 100%. Like, at, at this point, I, I know it's the Patriots, but they would be silly to go away from to go away from uh, Lewis at this point. He's got a, a 130 total yards and two touchdowns each of his last two games. I mean, we're talking about this from a DFS perspective, right? Yes. Yes. I don't really see a place for Deion Lewis in my lineups. Well, I have him in like three. I got. I mean, I'm I'm going to play Le'Veon Bell, period. Mm-hmm. He's so expensive, though. I I know, but he's – I just – I think he's too much better than everyone else to avoid him on a four-game slate like this. Is, Is he, he going to get you 28 28- – or 29 points on FanDuel, though. That's a lot to ask for, even for him against Jacksonville. Yeah, yeah. Um, he got you 35 against Baltimore. Uh, the last time he played Jacksonville, he only had 14. He had 10 catches. Two the, I mean, he, he gets 30 on a semi-regular basis. Yeah, alright, so how do you get Le'Veon in your lineup? Who's your other running back? I'm probably gonna play Derrick Henry just because of the workload. Yeah, I have Derrick Henry. And the Patriots too. have struggled with, with running backs. Um, they struggle on a per carry basis. They have struggled lately, yeah. But two of the last teams that faced them. And we're still on the Derrick Henry with 14 carries comes through for big fantasy. It's happened right? six times in his career. He's going to get 14 carries this week. You got to yep. figure. Absolutely. So here, here's the interesting thing, right? So the last five running backs against the Patriots: McCoy twice, Kenyon Drake, Le'Veon Bell. They've Four of the last five running backs have had 15 or more carries. That had not happened against the Patriots since week one. It was the strangest thing. Like, the Patriots give up a lot of yards per carry, but there had not been a running back that got 15 carries from week two through week, like, 12, or whatever that was, maybe 11. But now it's starting to happen. The only thing I don't like about Derrick Henry is what if they're trailing early, He's not involved in the passing game. Yeah, but they were down 18 points against the Chiefs, and he still had the opportunity to keep them in the game. 
Okay. The, the, I have him in my lineup. I mean, I feel like it's almost like FanDuel has been baiting you into putting Derrick Henry in your lineup. He's more expensive on DraftKings, which is his worst format because it's full PPR, and I'm avoiding him there. But it's three weeks in a row where it's like, why is Derrick Henry so inexpensive? And he's been amazing. So, like, yeah, I Yeah, well, don't... the problem is everybody's going to play him. Yeah. So in any tournament format, you're screwed. Yeah, I only play cash games, but that is true. Um, do, do you guys like Mariota? I know Heath does. Dave and Jamie, do you like Mariota? I no. think there's just too much of a track record of him this season to buy into him as a fantasy quarterback. He played very well last week, but I think that was more of his on-field production compared to his fantasy production. Because, again, you take out the touchdown pass to himself. He threw for 199 passing yards, one touchdown, one interception, and ran for a touchdown. Yeah. Okay. So he ran for a touchdown? Last week? No, he ran for 40 yards, right? I'm sorry, ran for 40 yards. I'm taking out the receiving touchdown, excuse me. Right. Okay. And then uh, Heath kind of feeling Corey Davis. He's pretty inexpensive. Dave. I like the targets. That, that was very good, encouraging to see. And this is something that we tend to see from time to time in the, in the playoffs. I wish I could give you an example of it, but or late in the season. You know, where a guy that's supposed to be a big part of the offense starts to get going a little bit at the end of the year. Like, this could be the time where he finally has a big game, and then we get overexcited about him going into next season. <laughs> uh, Dave, what do you think about the Patriots? You know, Tom Brady with five straight disappointing games. Uh, every good quarterback pretty much has done well against the Titans this year. So let's start with Brady and, and the passing game. What do you think? I think Brady is going to be awesome. I think you're going to see New England pretty much lean on him. I, th- I believe in that Titans run defense a little bit. They've been good all season long. And the secondary has all kinds of holes in it. Their top cornerback is a rookie. Their best slot corner is a former Patriot. I'm sure New England's pretty familiar with how Logan Ryan plays. Their outside corner definitely is going to have a target on his back. Chris Hogan's getting healthy. Cooks is out there. Gronk is out there. I, I think Brady's going to have a huge game, and I think a lot of it's going to fall on his shoulders. And He's getting Hogan back the run game. Yeah, Hogan yeah, helps. Hogan will be there. And 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 I th- I think he could score three touchdowns. He's in my lineup. Okay. What about Brandon Cooks? Is Brandon Cooks worth the price? He's the fourth most expensive wide receiver on FanDuel. I'll, I'll look up DraftKings too. Uh, he's seventy-seven hundred, so it's going to cost. You need twenty-three points out of him. That would be nice. Um, but that's like what you're expecting. That's what I, you're hoping I, for. I think that's what you're hoping for. Yes, that's not what you're expecting. My but problem if you can't is expect that it, then how can you go with it? Well, no. You you look at the wide receivers. No one averages three times value. No, that's not. That's well, not close. That's a problem then. Um, I'm not. I don't think you should if you're playing cash games at him at all. Yeah, Tennessee's been good. Only. Let's give Tennessee credit. They've been good against uh number ones. So that's something to keep in mind. And then is Gronkowski a stud this week? A yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Gronk's in my lineup. Mine too. How many guys this week do you just feel great about? And even if they're the most expensive ones, because I they're not that many for me. Truth? Yeah. Three. How many what? I'm sorry. How many players do you feel great about in your daily lineup this week? Oh, several. Yeah, but but not that. Like who? I feel good about Brady. I feel good about Gronk. I feel good about Bell. I feel good about Henry. I feel good about Thielen. I feel good about. Wait, really? Like, great, not good, great. Like, must be yeah, in your great. lineup. Thielen? Yeah, yeah. Thielen's my third. Really? Gronk, Brady, and Thielen. Love the matchup for him in the slot against the Saints. That's pretty interesting. 
So you like him better than Diggs? Yep. I definitely like him better than Diggs. I just don't really like either one of them because I don't think Case Keenum is going to be good. Right, and that's kind of something that Heath and I disagree on because Keenum is my FanDuel quarterback and my DraftKings quarterback. <laughs> yeah, I think Keenum will play. I actually think it's going to be a little bit more high scoring based on what the defenses show. Um, all right, you know what? Instead of going through every game, why don't we, why don't we give some teams that, some, some daily teams? You guys got lineups? Yep. I've got a FanDuel. I've got one for each. Okay. I've got a FanDuel. I'll have a DraftKings by the time we get to it. And I might change certain parts of my lineup because my running backs stink. I went heavy on everything else and light on running backs. I've got Brady at quarterback. James White and Jarek McKinnon were pretty much the only running backs that I could afford. I do like McKinnon better than Murray, given the matchup against New Orleans. Thielen is a wide receiver. Ted Ginn, like his matchup against Minnesota, because I don't think he'll see Xavier Rhodes. Julio is in my lineup against Philadelphia. That secondary definitely has holes in it. Gronk at tight end. Ryan Suckup is the cheap kicker. And the Falcons defense, because they should be able to get at least a couple of mm-hmm. turnovers against Nick Foles. Julio last year against the Eagles went uh, 10 for 135. Yeah, uh, he's one of the few guys that I that I'm. Oh yeah, that's another one I feel good about too. Sorry. Yeah, and like the thing is, even if even if if Antonio Brown were completely healthy, I really wouldn't care that he's facing the Jaguars. I'd still feel great about him. I and I know that they say he's very healthy, but you gotta at least consider the possibility that that's not true, <laughs> and that he's playing hurt with a bad knee. So you have to at least especially consider in the cold. That. Yeah. So I can't say I'm bad totally calf, thrilled. not bad knee. Bad. Ca- Calf? Yeah. Isn't that what he okay. tore? Yeah. He didn't tear it. He just heard it. I thought he had a slight tear. All right. So, Dave, one more time. Read that lineup. Okay. Brady, White, McKinnon, Thielen, Ginn, Julio, Gronk, Suckup, Falcons. It is your standard going heavy on three or four players and then filling in the rest with cheapies. Yo, and you should know that Dave has never won our uh, <laughs> DFS head-to-head challenge. Just putting that out there. And also – uh, Can you it, please at least say that I have? Yeah, yeah. No, no, yeah, Dave definitely has, but I don't know why Nick keeps saying that. Yo, because I'm it's never funny. Wrong. He thinks it's funny. Mike McClure. I think it's funny. Mike McClure, our DFS expert for Sportsline, said it's not a bad idea to punt at a position to get more studs in your lineup because the, in this type of slate, only four games, there are going to be a lot of players in the mid range, you know, of prices that give you, you know, single digit games. You may as well just like punt. And try to get some more studs in your lineup. But that's what I was going. I, yeah, that said, I think I think James White. If Rex Burkhead plays, I think James White is like total crap, though. He has no role. Never and know. You could shut his Patriots mouth. in the playoffs. I guess. All right. Uh, my Fanduel lineup is Keenum, Latavius Murray, and Derrick Henry. Why do you like McKinnon more than Murray, Dave? I mean, McKinnon, like, he just doesn't really have that big of a role. His catches even are, are very They've been so bad to both styles of running backs that I think you can get away with either one. And so, McKinnon is kind of insurance. If they're, if they're playing from behind, he'll play a little bit more. If they're playing with a lead, then Latavius might He's insurance for get one. in there. He's insurance for your lineup in case you're, you don't think Minnesota's gonna have, win the game. And the Saints have And he's allowed... gonna get like eight carries or so. He pretty much gets that much yeah, that's weekly. True. Uh, three receiving touchdowns to a running back in their last four games, the Saints. So I get that. Yeah, well, uh, that's McKinnon, not pro- Two of those are McCaffrey. But the problem is two or fewer catches in five of his last eight games. So it's a little unpredictable for him. Okay, anyway, I have, I have Keenum, Latavius, Derrick Henry, Julio Jones, and Antonio Brown. 
Ted Ginn, Kyle Rudolph. I kind of, I really feel pretty good about Kyle Rudolph. Um, I, he says he's healthier. I'm going to trust him. <laughs> and I don't think the Saints are very good against tight ends. Matt, I got to tell you what. Matt I, uh, I made a bonehead move in my lineup and I just want to address it now. Jared McKinnon is 6,500. Derrick Henry is 6,700. Yeah. So if you can find 200, which I had left over, yeah, go ahead and, and try that upgrade <laughs> from Jarek McKinnon to Derrick Henry. Yo, this yeah. is why you've never <laughs> won. This might be. No, but I caught it and I did it. This yeah. Now is, I hit the green save button. There was no other podcast good. that would have played as well on as this, <laughs> this podcast one. today. But yeah, it's just hard you. to believe that he's that inexpensive on FanDuel. It's because they have to build in that DeMarco Murray's playing. But he's not. But they do it at the beginning of the week. Even still, I don't know. All right. So uh Keenum, Latavius, Henry, Julio, and Brown, Ted Ginn, Kyle Rudolph, Matt Bryant, and the Falcons. Heath, you have your FanDuel lineup? I do have my FanDuel lineup ready. Marcus Mariota, Derek Henry, Le'Veon Bell, Julio Jones, Corey Davis, Rob Gronkowski, Ryan Suckup, the Saints defense, and my punt at the other wide receiver position is $4,500 Tommy Lee Lewis. Hmm. You're punting on three positions. Yeah, that's, no, I'm just punting on two. I, I feel like Mar- you punted Mariota. on quarterback. Say it Mariota. again. Say it again. Run it again. Mariota, Henry Bell, Davis, Julio, Lewis, Gronk, Suckup, Saints. Yeah, so you have four Titans in your lineup. Yes. I know. That, three of them the are punts. No. They might get killed, man. They might get killed. They, he, look, he's, that's, I mean, you should put that in a tournament since, you know, you're the well, Titans. Right, right, right. Yeah. Like, I, and I feel like my lineup and your lineup are both tournament lineups more so than cash game lineups. And mine is cash for show. Jamie, your FanDuel lineup? Uh, you want DraftKings also? Yeah, but first FanDuel. Uh, I have Keenum at quarterback, Le'Veon and Derrick Henry at running back, Ooh. Brandon Cooks, Adam Thielen, and Mohamed Sanu at wide receiver, mm-hmm. Kyle Rudolph at tight end, and the Falcons at kicker and defense. That's a, a cash game. That's line. very That's similar to my lineup. Line. Very similar. I didn't hear it. <laughs> Throw that in the 50-50. <laughs> Keenum, Bell, Henry. What was it again? Cook, with Steelen, and Sanu. Cook, Steel and Sanu. Rudolph and the Falcons. Do you have any money left over? I don't know. I remember. Yeah. I mean, if you have 100 left over, you can go to Matt Ryan from Case Keenum. I'd rather no, Keenum. Which well. in a cash game, I think might be a little bit better. Why? And then I, you want, you want DraftKings? Yeah, let's do everybody do DraftKings. Jamie, you can okay. start. I don't so, have one. I'm gonna have to build uh, one on the fly. Brady at quarterback, Deion Lewis and Jay Ajayi at running back, Julio Jones, Stephon Diggs, and DD Westbrook at receiver, Gronk at tight end, Corey Davis at flex, and the Eagles defense. Okay. Uh so let's read it twice. I know it's hard for people to just go sure. ahead and read it twice. Uh Brady and Deion Lewis at one running back spot, Jay Ajayi at the other running back spot, uh Julio Jones, Stephon Diggs, and DD Westbrook at receiver. Gronk at tight end, Corey Davis at the flex, and the Eagles DSD. I also have a Jai Julio. Oh, you don't have Julio Jones, do you? Oh, you do. Oh uh, yes. Okay, I have a Jai Julio and Didi Westbrook. Keenum is my quarterback. I have Le'Veon Bell, Nelson Aguilar, uh, Julio Jones, Didi Westbrook are my three wide receivers. I have two tight ends: Kyle Rudolph and Delaney Walker, and the Vikings DST. Now. Um, Adam, I, I know you didn't tell Dave and Heath this, but I, I, I'm finding it pretty impressive that you were able to cheat on DraftKings and find a way to get Isaiah Crowell into your lineup even though he's not playing. <laughs> so that's very impressive by you. Thank Good you. job. Thank you. Uh, K- 
Case Keenum, JGI, Le'Veon Bell, Julio, Aguilar, Westbrook, Rudolph, Walker, and the Vikings. Do you, is it clear to you, Jamie, that DD Westbrook is the Jacksonville wide receiver to get if there is one? I mean, if you just go on based on last week, he was the only one that had more than one target. Yeah. So I, I would assume that as Marquise Lee gets healthier, he'll be more involved in the offense, but with Lee and Hearns, I mean, Keelan Cole, unfortunately, does not appear to have the same type of role because he was the most involved when those two guys were out. And so it just becomes a little bit frustrating. And, and I think you go over the course of the second half of the season, while Westbrook didn't have a lot of big games compared to Cole, he still was very involved. Yeah. Uh, by the way, I forgot to mention the defensive coordinator for my team is Dean Pease. Nice. <laughs> um, and uh, yes. uh, Pete Prisco is doing a story on the Jaguars defense. So he was out at practice this week. He said uh, he he's very certain that their game plan is going to be to come out throwing early. Okay. Oh, boy, but Bortles has just been, ugh. Fire up the Steelers' defense. Yeah. So, J- Heath, Heath, you got your DraftKings lineup yet? Wow. Absolutely. Oh, I got some some breaking news when you're done. Okay, Heath, go Break ahead, it. and then we'll. No, no, oh. tell your lineup so we stay with the. All right, Tom Brady. It's not breaking to the people that are listening. Tom Brady, Mark Ingram, and Devontae Freeman are my running backs. Antonio Brown, Corey Davis, and Chris Hogan at wide receiver. Gronk at tight end, Ajayi at flex, and the Saints defense. It's very clear that you want Gronk, right? Oh, I want Gronk. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Dave, you have your lineup? I'm building it now, and it's a disaster. <laughs> <laughs> DraftKings I, is tough, man. It's like I, I really, really enjoy is. it. Cause it's you know you get the extra position, you get the flex in there, and you have to have more inexpensive players on DraftKings. So I like D.D. Westbrook in that format, and Delaney Walker's not so bad either. He ended up being my flex. But yeah, no, it's it's tough. Um, all right. Anyway, uh, breaking news: Le'Veon Bell says he will sit out the 2018 season if he's franchise tagged again. Yeah. Good timing. That's really this is when that's, you should be that's breaking. That's a weird thing things. to talk about now. How, yeah. how I'm much, sure he's asked about it. How much uh, is it worth? You know, the franchise tag. Yeah, for him. Uh, it was 12.1 million last year. It would be 14 and a half million next year. No, I mean, I don't blame him. Like, who would who would work for that? You know, <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's it's almost like he's he's not going to be able to take days off to go shopping. All right, so let's read some emails. Uh, fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. Uh, here's an email from Rob from Paris of Appalachia. Dear Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Sharif, yards after catch has always been tracked for wide receivers as an indicator of elusiveness and open field ability. Can it also be used to show which quarterbacks put their wide receivers and tight ends in position to make plays and who hangs them out to dry? My thought process is that a quarterback with a high yak average but low touchdown total is due for positive regression in 2018, while a quarterback with a high yak and a low touchdown total uh I think he meant with a low yak and a high touchdown total, we'll have a negative regression. Uh, is this tracked? You know, the problem with that line of thinking is I, I kind of agree with it. If quarterbacks were all throwing exactly the same types of passes every time they drop back, but really a high yak is probably more representative of a quarterback that's throwing a lot of short throws, which could lead to a low touchdown total because he's not pushing the ball down the field. So could it be that he's just using the wrong stat? In his email, like take out 
yak, which I don't even know necessarily applies to quarterbacks. I guess you could figure that I out. I think it's more indicative of the wide receiver than right. the quarterback. Yeah. Right. So what stat should he use instead? You could theoretically try yards per attempt. I mean, I basically look at any quarterback that had a bad or running back or wide receiver that had a bad year because of a low touchdown total and were good in yards and catches or whatever else. They're a candidate for regression. Positive regression. Yes. Progression. It's always regression. I like progression. I know. People get really <laughs> mad when you don't say positive regression when you mean they're going to be better, but it's still regression. Yeah. JP Lombardi says, we get to keep two players. I have Le'Veon Bell, Julio Jones, Dalvin Cook, and Alvin Kamara. Bell, Julio, Cook, and Kamara. Who should he keep? Who are his two? Bell, Julio, Cook, and Kamara. Well, I don't know. If, if Le'Veon's going to sit out the 2018 season, you might have to throw him back. Uh That was... Does he uh, lose anything for keeping the guys? No. It's Bell and Camara, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. Uh, I'm probably going to say Bell and Julio. Or if you want to be hip, you can keep Sebastian Janikowski and nickname your team Bell and Sebastian. Cause that's I think that was hip like seven years ago. <laughs> that's true, but it's, it's true. <laughs> uh, from Noah. Struggling to find a third keeper in my PPR league. I have Le'Veon Bell and Michael Thomas. I need to choose between, in PPR, Derek Henry, Kenyon Drake, and Carson Wentz. Henry, Drake, Wentz. Pick one. I mean, if DeMarco's gone as expected, it's Henry. Yep. What if the, what if DeMarco's gone and the Dolphins don't do anything? It's still Henry. Back. Still Henry. Just making sure. Okay. If DeMarco's back, then I think it's... Yeah, and uh, yeah, it'll be interesting if Demarco's back. If there, there, there's gonna be a lot of questions. If Demarco's back and Henry's the starter, I'd, pro- I may still go with Henry. Cool, fellas, good show, fun show, weird show. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna go yak. Do you want to go make <laughs> picks for who wins this? Yeah, weekend? yeah, we have some time. Let's do that. Let's do both straight up and against the spread. Well, it's funny that you say against the spread. Because Jamie and I make picks against the spread on the site, and we differ on every game. No way. Every game. Didn't plan it that way. Okay. I'm gonna. Okay. First, I'm gonna guess who you two picked. So Atlanta is a three-point favorite against Philadelphia. I'm gonna. I'm. I'm almost positive that Dave picked the Eagles to cover, and Jamie picked the Falcons to cover. Am I right? Yep. Yeah. Correct. I'm going with Atlanta. Uh, I, I don't have a, I think, yeah, I'll take Atlanta, but I do think, I do think the Eagles actually have a chance to win, but ultimately I don't think they will. So we all think Atlanta's gonna win, right? Yep. Yep. Nope. You think the Eagles are gonna win? I'm just playing contrarian on that one. You don't know which Nick Foles is gonna show up, and I just have a hard time believing that the Eagles did all this, and now they're gonna crap their pants against Atlanta. Well, they did all this with a different quarterback. I know, but the rest of that team is still pretty good. Yeah. I want to give some credit to the other Eagles that are there. All right. So Tennessee, New England. Uh Well, I think I got a somewhat of an indication of this earlier. Jamie's taking New England minus 13 and a half. Dave's taking the Titans with the points. This is one where we agree on who's going to win the game, though. Yeah. What's the money line? I'll tell you in a second. Uh, if only someone knew. Like, where do you go to find out that information on your computer these days? I would go to Sportsline.com. It's plus, oh, yeah, of course, Sportsline. Plus 700 or 650, depending on where you're looking. Yeah, it's not high enough. That's not I'll just take, close. I'll take the Titans and the points. That's not high enough? 
No. No. Not on a 13 and a half point spread. That seems a little low. Titans in the points for, for Heath. Titans in the points for Dave. New England for Jamie. And I will take the Patriots to cover. Yeah, I think they're going to blow them out. Okay. Jacksonville, Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh is a seven. What did you guys get it at? Seven or seven and a half? Seven and a half. All right. Pittsburgh, seven and a half. I'm going to say uh, Dave likes the dogs. So I'm going to say Jamie's got the Steelers covering. Dave has Jacksonville. No, that one you're wrong. Damn it. I knew it. I, I knew it. Oh. All right. Does anybody think this Jaguars are going to win? No, no. And I'll take Pittsburgh and give the points. Yeah, I'll take Pittsburgh with the points. I think they're going to crush them. So Jamie, I'm you, most you excited about this game, but I'm I'm least confident in this pick. Jamie, you took the Jags with the points. Yeah, think it'll be close. I think they win by six. Win by six. Okay. And New Orleans and Minnesota, the game of the week. Oh, it started at minus three and a half. It's now up to minus five. People are betting Minnesota, huh? I'm feeling. I like the Saints with the points, but the Vikings to win. Heath, how about you? What's the money line? Uh, it really matters. It's plus five, the spread. And the money line is Saints are plus 190. Yeah, I'll take the Saints on the money line. Okay. And I'm going to guess that Jamie likes the Saints to cover, plus five, and Dave likes the Vikings to cover. Correct. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Who thinks the Saints are going to win other than Heath? Jamie does too, huh? Me and you, Dave. That's us. Skull! <laughs> I've seen this before. Last time Adam said Skull, the Vikings lost like seven straight. <laughs> that is true. That is true. All right, guys. Thanks. That's it for today's show. I'm, I'm done. Oh, Bye. wait, wait. We got good news for, uh, for Hunter Henry. What happened? The tight end coach is gone. John McNulty. No way. New Nick offense Antonio coordinator Rutgers. Player coach. Oh, okay. So he went on to another job. Yeah. Is he related he to Nick yeah. McNulty? I don't know. <laughs> the actor? All right, we're done. Bye. Bye. Bye.